Vox Quick Hits. American troops have been in Afghanistan for nearly 20 years, and President Joe Biden has an important decision to make by May 1st, whether to pull the remaining troops from the area or to have them stay. There are no easy answers here, and both options could have serious consequences. In a way, it's a real lose-lose situation. But a decision has to be made within a few weeks. President Donald Trump made a deal with the Taliban that all troops would leave by May 1st. Vox's Alex Ward is here to discuss. He's a White House reporter and co-host of the Worldly Podcast. American troops have been in Afghanistan for two decades. I know this is a loaded question, and this is a short podcast, but just quickly, why are they still there? It's a great question. There's a lot of reasons. One of them is we're genuinely worried about terrorists, right? Al-Qaeda is still there. ISIS is there now. There are also reports of roughly 20 terrorist groups in the country, and so there's a worry that groups like that could use al-Qaeda as a base to plan 9-11-style attacks against the United States and regional countries, including U.S. allies. And so the fear is if U.S. troops leave, terrorists take over. Again, the Taliban also overtakes the Afghan government that we've backed since 2001 and the military that we've helped train since then. And we basically would have lost thousands of lives, billions of dollars, and you know, decades of time. And it would go away pretty quickly. So for many we keep troops, even a small amount of troops in there to sort of deter all of those things from happening. And how many troops are still there? So officially there are 2,500. However, there are reports that there are 3,500 at this moment. And of course, there are always like special operators and all other kinds of folks and contractors. And let's not forget that there are roughly 7,000 NATO troops. So a decent amount of force. But in terms of the American forces, uh, we only know officially of 2,500. How exactly is the government set up right now in Afghanistan? And if you can remind us also, you know, how the Taliban works, what it is, what its role is. After 9-11, one of the American critiques was there's this Taliban, this hardline group that took over the country in the 1990s and, you know, in effect, brought Afghanistan societally backwards and that they were harboring terrorist groups like al-Qaeda. But they were in control of the country. And so as we invaded Afghanistan in 2001 to depose the Taliban, which we did, in an effort to also defeat al-Qaeda, which we did not, we, we sort of got them out of power in Kabul and we helped install a government that was American-friendly. And that government, in effect, still continues to this day. There's a president, like a chief executive officer, ministries, is somewhat in America's image. Not perfectly, but somewhat. The issue now is that the government in Afghanistan is like, hey, if we are going to make a peace deal, and most people, when they're talking about a peace deal, they mean like the Taliban and the government in Afghanistan, like sort of sharing power. They're like, wait a minute, wait a minute. We were elected. And uh, it's like, hey, we, you know, I don't want to step down or like share with the Taliban who wasn't elected. And the Taliban's like, tick tock, it's game time. So this is sort of the strife when we're talking about this peace deal. It's like they're on those two sides. And on top of that, you know, we have backed the Afghan government and helped build their security forces for so long, and we continue to depose the Taliban. So the Taliban is somewhat friendly with al-Qaeda, but not friendly with ISIS. And so, you know, do you want to depose a group that could help you defeat ISIS even if we left? These are the sorts of considerations one has to think about when talking about Afghanistan. President Trump made a deal for U.S. troops to leave Afghanistan by May 1st. What exactly is that deal? It's super complicated. The basic thing about it is this. If the Taliban would basically cut ties with al-Qaeda and make sure they didn't use Afghanistan as a base to attack America, and they wouldn't attack American troops, then U.S. troops could leave by May 1st. 
basically leaving everything in the hands of the Afghan government and the Afghan security forces. So far, it does not look like the Taliban has held on to that deal. They haven't attacked American troops, but they've been increasing violence, which is also a bit of a no-no from the deal. And there is intelligence saying that there are still ties with al-Qaeda. So you do have some people in the U.S. saying, wait, they haven't lived up to the letter of their deal, so we shouldn't either. Therefore, we should extend beyond May 1st. But there's also a very vocal contingent saying, May 1st sounds really good. We've been there for 20 years. You know, it's not a hasty withdrawal. Let's get out and bad things are going to happen anyway. So let's front load all those risks. So you alluded to this a little bit, but you recently talked with some experts who laid out a pair of arguments about Afghanistan, basically one making the case for staying and one making the case for leaving. What is the strongest argument for staying in Afghanistan post May 1st? The strongest case is to continue to back a government that we've backed for decades to keep Afghanistan from not being a terrorist safe haven and to continue to provide the space for a peace deal to actually come to fruition. So we should keep in mind that the Trump-Taliban deal is not a peace deal. It was really more of like a withdrawal deal. There is an effort to get the Taliban and Afghanistan to come together, make some sort of governance agreement, plan for the future. And the belief is that if the U.S. takes out its troops and NATO troops would then follow because they rely on Americans for a lot of things, intelligence, air support, then the, the Taliban would just run roughshod over the country. So it is better that we stay, peace plan, we get in place, and then we can leave. And what's the best argument for leaving? Uh, it's been 20 years, and we've gotten nothing really done. I mean, yes, Kabul is better. We have a government in place that's okay, but extremely corrupt. Even though the Taliban has taken up much of the country, by some estimates, more territory than they had before 9-11. So... It's basically like, look, we should leave. It's time. But also the fact of us removing 2,500 troops or so actually gives us diplomatic space in order to like negotiate and put pressure on both sides because we're some would say the Taliban are basically ho- holding our troops hostage in a sense, right? So if we leave, then we can be tough on both sides. And on top of that, the Taliban, it seems, is preparing for a pretty massive offensive this spring and summer. And we don't want our troops to be in harm's way because they will be once again targeted if we stay after May 1st. And wouldn't the U.S. have more credibility with the Taliban and other more violent sides if we actually stuck to our word, left by May 1st, and then dealt with them uh, in the future for a peace plan? Because if we don't abide by that, then the Taliban will go, yeah, not only are we going to kill you, but we don't trust your word on anything anymore. And it'll be even harder to make a peace plan. It feels like a lot of people in the United States have sort of moved on from Afghanistan. And so when They're thinking about what's going on, that this decision that Joe Biden needs to make, what are the stakes? Well, first, let's not forget that the U.S. lost roughly 2,500 Americans, has spent billions of dollars, spent decades trying to improve a country that was in much worse shape than we found it. And do we want to throw that all away in some people's minds, like, you know, ruin the memories of people who who fought and died? And Afghans, too, by the way, Um, a brutal war that led to at least a better situation. Do we want to potentially throw that all away by leaving? Uh, sort of more nebulous concept is what about American credibility? We sort of staked our reputation on Afghanistan. We're going to go in, we're going to nation build, we're going to get rid of terrorists, we're going to improve the situation, and we're going to make sure that this country that was a base of operations that led to 9-11 won't ever be a 9-11 type base again. And we had allies that joined us in that fight from NATO, from elsewhere. And if we just kind of leave, some people fear they'll be like, well, maybe you can't really trust America that much. And then sort of three, even more nebulous, but arguably, in a sense, more important for some, is like, what does this mean for just American power in general? Can we not turn Afghanistan into a better state? Do we not have the unlimited power we thought we had after 
really like, you know, with the Cold War, but even through the 1990s, does America really have to consider and be more judicious in the choices it makes in foreign policy? Many people would say, duh, but like Afghanistan was sort of a case for some where it was like, maybe we can make this work. Maybe we can nation build. Maybe we can do more than, than we think. If we leave and basically just go like, we're defeated, we lost, then the Taliban can say, we won. And the U.S. really has to say like, we just lost another war. And that just doesn't look good after many years of trying to win it. Yeah, I guess the question is after 20 years, how much longer do you keep trying? I mean, I think some people would say, look, 20 years is a lot. There's no question. But like, why define it? Right. 20 years sounds like a cap, but get the job done. Finish it. You started it. People have died for this. There's also genuine lives at stake. Like the lives of especially women and children in Afghanistan will get worse if the Taliban come back into power. And the country will be in a worse state if a at least U.S.-backed government in Afghanistan, which is not perfect and by many stretch of the imagination is like not really that good, but it is perhaps better in a land of bad options than a hardline insurgent, you know, Islamist group taking over. So the, the problem with foreign policy is that you never really get like the good and bad option. You usually get the bad option and the worst option. And it's always a question of which one are you going to choose? Alex Ward is a White House reporter at Vox, and he also co-hosts the podcast Worldly. You can find him on Twitter at Alex Ward Vox. I'm Emily Stewart, and this is Tell Me More. Our producer is Sophie Lalonde. You can find more episodes and other stories from Vox in the Vox Quick Hits feed wherever you get your podcasts. 